This is your host, James Jordan. Mike Wallace. And the American, Damon Sawyer. Coming at you for yet another edition of CF. Coming at you for yet another edition of the Wide World of Motorsports podcast. Coming at you on CFMH 107.3 Local FM in St. John, New Brunswick. On CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. Or on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. You can also check us out on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Like Spotify. And on social media. We do some stuff there once in a while. Going to be big (laughs) coming up here in the next... uh, few days a couple weeks a couple months it's gonna be huge on the social media at the wwoms uh we're gonna have lots of stuff going on there as the motorsports season starts up and this is the second episode of our seventh season recorded to you for the week of january 21st and it's uh, that time of the year. What time? Rolly time. Oh, it, a time? Mm. Rolly, Rolly? Yeah. Would you be referring to the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona? It's the yeah, it's, sports car event? It's that time, man. Yeah. When time matters the most. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I heard that was happening. They had qualifying last weekend. Unfortunately, I really wasn't able to check up on that. Welcome you. Been trying to catch up on all my motorsports. Yeah, you're away. We we so, got to welcome back uh, yeah. Damon here, who was fermenting for a, a, a <laughs> I feel like more than a week. I was going to say for like a couple of weeks. No, that was a week. It felt like it was, yeah. It felt like, it felt a, like a little bit longer than a week this time of year too. Eight. Yeah, eight days in Portland, Oregon. Uh, they got their that. worst ice storm in in thirty years. In Portland, and nice. they also had like I said, they also had a snowstorm. So it was perfect weather. And you're for out by a the northeast person. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You're out by the. You said you were out by the IndyCar track. Yes. So the so Portland International Speedway is located a lot closer to the city than I expected. So yeah, yeah. if you look at Portland on a map, you've yeah. got like the interior of Portland and then you've got the river and there's a couple islands and then you have Vancouver, Washington. So Portland international speedway is actually raceway is actually on one of those islands between Portland and Vancouver, Washington. So oh. it's not a far drive from the city center. I would say like 10, 15 minute drive. If you're, if the conditions and the traffic's good from like really anywhere in the center of the city, to the track ish area closer to 15 so mm-hmm. so not bad not bad i i was hoping to get there even just to kind of like look at the outside of the facility because i had a rental car but yeah the, yeah the weather and and my schedule just didn't allow for that so Should have tried to take a lap okay had some obstacles <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh it, it was something going on yeah i did catch a couple things though <laughs> so before before we jump into the rolex i want to while I have these in my mind, there was a couple things that I did read, like on the plane and, and while I was waiting at the airport for several hours. So the Dakar rally race took place over the last couple of weeks. And I saw that Carlos Sainz Sr. in that Audi electric truck won the overall competition, which, man, he's in his 60s. Getting getting stuff like that done 
at his age in such a grueling event. Yeah. They had a lot of disappointment last year. They put Audi's put so much money into that that Quattro EV that they got. That it's good to see a payoff since they're you know building towards their Formula One program and they've been cutting other programs like this one was on the chopping block too and they stuck with it and now they've gotten their payoff so so that was really good to see. And yeah, actually, it's it's. I'm glad that you brought up the car because I was I was kind of following it. I always try to pay attention to it every year because it's it's an event that I know a little bit about, um, but I always enjoy watching it and learning a bit about it. And yeah, it's great to see him uh, still doing it, man. He's he was out there. Uh, Sebastian Loeb, who, who's another famous rally driver, world champion, many time world champion. Uh, he was he was um, he races for the Citroen team, unsurprisingly. But uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's uh, that's great that he won that car. That, there's such a wild looking vehicle. Oh, yeah. You there's so much different than like the trophy trucks and the, and oh, whatever yeah. from like the '90s that are like so reminiscent in our minds. Yeah, low that finish third, run, which is like at good. Baja and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's another iconic event. I, and you know what, Dakar, like, I feel like Dakar is kind of lost, maybe maybe not to the drivers so much because it's still a motor race, still a very tough event, but I feel like it's lost a little prestige ever since because it's no longer Dakar. They're not going from, you know, Senegal to, to Paris. Like, that was the true Dakar. And even when they did it in South America, you know, that's obviously a completely different side of the world, but... That was still very difficult. And, of course, like they're going through the, the middle of Saudi Arabia, which is one of the most inhospitable locations on the yeah. planet. So it's still very difficult. But I feel like it doesn't quite have the prestige that it maybe once did. But it's still a really cool event. And if anybody mm -hmm. wants to check out like all the results and all like the clips, you can go onto YouTube and NBC's Motorsport channel. I think it's Motorsports on NBC. NBC is an American channel. I don't know what the equivalent is well, in Canada. Dakar has, Dakar has their own channel on YouTube, and they do a great... Oh, okay. Um, they do great, like, 10, almost 15-minute uh, daily could be the, review. And that might be the really same good. videos. Yeah, that might be the same videos, then just NBC is putting it on their channel as well. So, that, so that's a possibility. But, yeah, yeah, definitely it's worth checking. And the trucks, like... I don't know any of the drivers or anything. It's all a bunch of Estonians and like Bulgarians, Polish. Yeah. Chechnya. Yeah. Yeah. But those yeah. things are so cool. Like just to get those things that go up hills and, and whatever. And they're just like big Goliath vehicles like that's. And then you have those crazy mofos with the, the quad bikes and the motorcycles. Like it's one thing to like oh, prance yeah. around in like the desert, like here in the States or, or, you know, up in Alberta or wherever, and, but like, and it's dangerous. It's just, we lo lost a rider actually. Um, this year. And is the car, uh, one rider. I'm just looking up his name. Is, is one fatality like the least ever? Because normally you get like, I feel like two or three at a minimum. Um, I know a motorbike rider, Carlos Falcone, uh, died at 45 following a crash at the Dakar. I would say that I'm, I'm typically, he was a Spanish rider. I, I personally typically hear more riders dying at like the TT. 
uh, yeah. the Isle of Man PT, That's fair. Uh, which is like two, literally two, um, two a year. But I mean, the last one who passed was 2022. One passed in 21. Like it's, you're right. It's like one a year, really. Okay. On, on, on motorcycles, so that's unfortunate. You're right, though. The the I get what you're saying about the change in um, prestige. Uh, they changed it because they got threatened by the Taliban, I believe, that they were going to be attacked driving through their land, so they had to move the race. But it, uh, I, I don't think I'm, it was Taliban, but it was, it was no. general terror. Like the the climate of I could be wrong because like the Taliban doesn't really operate in Western Africa; they're more Eastern Africa. Fair enough. I'm but, not. Ge- I'm not but it's the same. Yeah, it's the same that. general. I know a lot of stuff. Geography is yeah. a good one. I mean. Yeah, it's a general idea, though. It there, it was political climates and like they couldn't guarantee the safety going through some of these impoverished countries that, you know, they maybe sleep. like 40, like, 50 years there's, ago. There's a ton of videos. If you watch them, it's like actually go on the channel and you'll see the one guy does a walk around and he these teams show where they're spend spending the night and the some of the teams like Audi have all these tents and stuff up on their rigs and it's check it out. It's super, super, super cool. But um, yeah, I mean, they just camp out because they have, there's not a hotel in the middle of these deserts. So yeah. How would you protect everybody? Exactly. Yeah. So it's a shame, but I mean, the fact it's still going and it's still like, you know, a lot of innovation is going on and it's, still it's still a challenge and it's still a race that people want to be be there so like it's yeah it's popular it is quite popular um i mean there's a bunch of american riders over there running in the in the motorbike in the dirt bike series uh so uh, there's uh quite uh i think it's really actually growing i think it's starting to get a little bit more uh more coverage i see it more i mean they have video games i own one uh uh, dakar rally 2018 so i mean oh yeah yeah remember that um and i bought that one because the newer one was apparently supposed to be really bad but the old one is incredibly difficult (laughs) (laughs) anyways um yeah and they run long stages like i think one of the longest stages they ran were was 800 kilometers yeah. Oh, yeah. They they go all all day long. It's a it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Uh, but to pivot from that to another subject involving signs in Spain, since we kind of talked about that, unfortunately we don't have Eggman here tonight to discuss it. But a rumor that's been going around in Formula One for years has finally been announced. They will be running a Formula One race on the streets of Madrid, the capital of Spain. I believe it's the capital. In 2025, 26, I, I believe. Uh, it's like a four point something kilometer track. I There's not a lot of details about, but this has been one of the least well-capped rumors for years now. They've been talking about it and everyone's like, no, no. Which, I mean, Catalonia is a pretty track, but my God, it's boring to watch a race at, like on TV. I mean, maybe it's cool in person. And to drive it can be, there's, it's very challenging. But they've, they use that track for winter testing. They, you know, they've not done not anymore. But they have so many. Le- 
I was going to say Not that's anymore, what but they, makes they used it, to. That's what makes it a little bit more okay to go watch the race there is that we don't like they used to spend a week literally a week testing mm-hmm. 6 days of testing at that track and and it would just be every day would be videos of that track and that so by the end of it you were all like oh, I don't want to see this track anymore but um <laughs> that uh yeah I you know I, I I this is how I feel about that. I just watched a video of a a business like a gas station, like a big store. I don't know it looks like a convenience store. They <laughs> on the strip in Vegas and they claim that they make 8 million dollars a year and in front of their business was a temporary bridge on the road to build up oh, and go over the track wow. and yeah. they've lost They've only made four million. Like they've lost four oh, million, fifty no. percent of their business because of this. And <laughs> before, I don't know if it's true. I'm, uh, you know, no. It was a big. It was a big thing. Like so, they finally tore down. We're gonna, we're gonna pivot to Vegas, Vegas, and kind of like the ramifications of that, and and street hey, tracks. Closer you know, just kind of street track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. So yeah, <laughs> like. 20 like the businesses are suing for like a 20 million dollar loss because of all the infrastructure that was built in front of their storefronts because the super bowl is going to be in vegas in february so that was the big thing is all these businesses that lost money because of the race and whatnot they're like we need this stuff gone before the super bowl or we're going to close because we can't afford to lose out on these two marquee events, people not being able to access our businesses. Yeah. So, and, and, and yeah. formula one will sit there and this is what kind of bothers me about stuff like this is that formula one will sit there and they'll go, what a great success this race was. And you'll go, no, you just demolished this. Like, let's, let's, let's be honest. The thing is, is that if that business folded and went out of there somebody would just step in by the land and something would go on and that's probably the bigger issue and a whole different topic about caring about what goes on and and you know uh, capitalism versus just being a human being but um like it just yeah. i don't like you they these they uh, a street course isn't a, i don't know what the I don't know why they're so hungry for this. I didn't know there was such a cry for street courses. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. And now it's it's everywhere. Like, there's... why Go to Juarez. Go... There's other tracks in Spain. Why do we have to go to a street course? Now, deny tracks that have been sitting there for 50, 60, 70 years that are struggling. Make them struggle more and let's spend even more money on a track that doesn't exist. That doesn't make sense. I think it's simply, well, it's not simply, but I think one of the biggest things is the aesthetic factor of having the city in your shots kind of thing. That that has to be part of it, but, like, I don't know. Oh, it's, of course. I mean, it's a, it's an image thing, right? Like, look, we got Formula yeah. One here, but, I mean, at what, at what cost? That's all yeah. I, I it, guess. That's what I'm trying it, to say. And it made sense, like for Vietnam, and obviously that race didn't happen. But tra- but countries that don't have an established motorsports culture and don't have tracks, then it makes total sense to run a street course because that's the only thing that they're going to have. But yeah, a track like Spain, they have like five MotoGP like races a year or something ridiculous like yeah, that. Like, yeah. So yeah, there's plenty of. 
I don't know. There's plenty I, of places to go. There's plenty of tracks to go to that we don't need to disrupt an entire city and go put on a mediocre race um, <laughs> on, a, on a street course that nobody was asking for. But, um, you know, speaking a little bit closer to, to Vegas, uh, we had the roar that you unfortunately missed because you missed on a, a pretty good qualifying session. Yeah, it was just so... Remind me, they, they don't have the race anymore. It's just like the practice and qualifying session like it used to be, right? Because they yes. had that race for a couple of years. Yeah, they did the race. And I, 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 the race, I think, happened because... So before the roar used to be in like December... And then they would come back to do the race. But at some somewhere in there, I think just before COVID or right at COVID, it was starting. It's expensive, and and what was happening was that at the roar, they were and they were trying to make a big deal about it. Um, they just started seeing their numbers drop because it wasn't mandatory there was no reason if you didn't have to be there you wouldn't go and teams were not going because they didn't need to spend the money and so they decided to make it more interesting and they decided to have a qualifying race that set not oh my goodness the first one didn't set the qualifying it actually set pit stalls and then everybody was like why are we out here racing <laughs> or maybe this was this was when they moved the roar closer to the race i think it was a week before the teams were like why are we out here racing for a, a pit stall when we have to race for 24 hours next week or they did like a two hour race or something for yeah it was like and time. they were risking like wayne taylor of course being wayne taylor was like this is stupid we're and and some of the teams just didn't even go out and race they went out but they just they didn't really push it too hard and that was the other problem was that they're like we're being forced to race because we're getting we need the points or we can't win the championship, but now we're being asked to risk everything for not the big race. Um, so then they, yeah. they, they wanted to keep the war to have a point, right? They want the teams there because they make it a big thing, right? You show up for camping starts, everything starts like, a roar weekend. So um, not only did we have qualifying, but we also had some other like actual races, which which I didn't. I actually didn't watch. If I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I was busy with our our 24 hour race on iRacing, and I haven't been able to watch them. But I did get qualifying. Um, so I think to, in order to keep like that momentum of it as well they've just added something for the fans on the sunday sorry i rambled there no no that's, that's why fine. we have it's a fun. show <laughs> oh <That's>, yeah <laughs> yeah right so um you know the whole the whole weekend was pre has been had been pretty interesting for uh regarding practice um 
we got to see some new cars on track for the very first time the uh the mustang gt3s uh which is which is pretty cool to see out there we got to see uh, a Ligier lmp2 car which we have not seen in a very very long time um mm-hmm. the most the most uh corvettes at one time i believe if you don't count DPs and probably one of the biggest fields, um, uh, one of the biggest, not the biggest field. What do we got? Like fifty nine cars. Yeah, there's Pretty been like sixty two a couple of times, but yeah, it's yeah. still a very. And they had they had a huge number of alternates. So there's that. There's nine women competing, which is the most ever for you know Rolex twenty four. Uh, was it there's 10 dps like 13 lmp2s mm-hmm. huge field of gts we got to see the you know you said the most corvettes so we got you know a proper corvette gt3 yeah like so, a new corvette yeah. too not only um yeah new corvette and a brand new mustang um the i think is this this the lamborghini huracan gt3 evo 2 say that quickly um <laughs> that Evo 2 is that a new is that new as well cuz I was looking at pictures of that and man that looks sharp. Uh I I think it's just wouldn't it just be Evo so Evo 2 it's just a second evolution it's not a new car. Yeah. No no is they this, spent, like I, did they run that last I can't, year? Well they might have had an Evo 1 but I can't imagine Lamborghini putting out a whole new GT3 car and they've been working on their hypercar program. No, you're right. Okay, so maybe anyway, maybe it's just the pictures. They it, or they've done a few little updates to it. Maybe that's the GT2 portion or the Evo 2 portion of it. But um so we looked at looking at at qualifying. Uh we're going to start from the top and work or actually should we work for the way they actually go out and qualify? The GT cars first and then we'll look we'll work yeah. our way up. Let's do that. Yeah. Um yeah. so GT is a little bit different this year. Uh, it seems that they change GT and IMSA every year. So we still have a split class of GT Pros and then GTD. And the big difference this year is that it doesn't matter who qualifies the car. They start the race in that position and they don't split up the pros from the ams on the qualifying grid so if there's an am driver that's qualified ahead of a pro driver that's how they line up um which is interesting is very interesting um because it will it there's a there's a shakeup because in the top three you have two lexus RCF GT3s. One of them is the pro car and one of them is the AM car. And that means that AM car finished qualified way higher than a lot of pro cars. So, um, sorry, I lost my spot. Where are we? Yeah. So, real quick, real quick, real quick. Can we just say how impressive, like, was it 10 years in with like no updates that Lexus is still kicking ass? Like, that car has aged like a fine wine. Because when it first came out, it was good. 
And I feel mm-hmm. like it had like a middle section, like three or four years where it was like this. They're not going to keep running this because it was kind of struggling. But now they've picked up again and they have just been yeah. so competitive the last couple of years. It's really impressive. I would agree. I would agree with all of that. And I would and I would add on to that. I think the years where they struggle, where they. I think their biggest issue was the team that ran the the program and not the car or the drivers, if that makes sense. Where, that's where I half of it, yeah. I, I think the that's why I think there was like there was moments where the car was like, oh yeah, this is this could be a good car, and like yeah, I agree exactly like you said, like they're not going to keep running this car. If this keeps happening, the Japanese do not like this. If you look at Nissan when they ran at Le Mans um, not too long ago. And then they switched from that team, which I think was, is that 3GT or TGM? For the, I'm sorry, for the Lexus or for the Nissan? Yeah, no, for the Lexus. Was that Ted Giovanni? So, uh, ran it? No, it's all, so, no, it's always been. Vassar Sullivan, but they had like another partner. It was like if I if I remember correctly, it was a partnership between Vassar Sullivan and someone they else. Had, they had yes, it was Aim. Aim, Vassar Sullivan. Aim. No, before that, and they you go not, if you look at the blue. I thought it was if you look at the blue. Um, remember when they ran the blue chrome and the red chrome? I do not. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't. I don't ever recall seeing this car in anything other than these colors. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying that's all I remember. Uh, I know there was an independent team that ran Alexis at Spa 24 hours a couple times. I don't know who it was, and I it know there's going to be the a team, team that ran. Yeah, true, doesn't matter. Fair. <laughs> Alexis. Got the peanut gallery over here. Chime I in. love this. Well, this is gold. Gotcha. This is gold. <laughs> I, I have to know who it was. Alexis. Well, look, we'll look it up. Yeah, it was vast. This guy's going on. Everyone join us here on CFMH 107.3 Local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, and CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, Sorry, Jordan, and on Performance focus. Motorsports Network on wherever you have a phone these days, and also on demand ring, ring. on Spotify or wherever else you get your Oh, podcasts. there we go. Yeah, 3GT racing. So in GTD class, where the Lexus will be competing, faces off some stiff competition, AMG, BMW, correct? Run by experienced team owner Paul Genalozzi. 3GT racing will have a two-car field driven by Pruitt and his teammate, IndyCar driver Sage Karam. The sister car will have Robert Alon and Jack Hawksworth. That's right. Um, what's on this, Jim? There you oh, go. Oh, the blue. Okay, I see the photos, the blue and red. Wow. That go. was a while yeah. ago. Man, yeah. Okay, so, great stuff, guys. Okay, so I'll just pick up. So I'll pick up. The, I'll pick up that spot right there. So yeah. So the team it was is by Paul Genalozzi, three GT. Nothing against them. Just they weren't. They, they they weren't the caliber. I think of of where that team needed to be. Um, and they've had some. They've pulled in some real stout drivers along the way. Uh, you know, right now, like this year, you, they got. I'm going to assume this is the pro car. For the 24, they got Jack Hawksworth, Ben Barnacote, Kyle Kirkwood, and Mike Conway. And then in their sister car, they have Frankie Montecalvo, Parker Thompson, Canadian. Awesome. Uh, Porsche Cup champion. That guy's... That's, Parker's great. Uh, Aaron Tielitz. I met was, him. Uh, 
Yeah, he's great, and I'm going to assume that is Rural Mayata, but I can't. I don't know what his actual name is. Rio Ritomo Ritomo Miyata. Miyata. Someone can yeah, please Mayata? let us I'm, know. I'm I, I believe the Japanese he was. Someone can please let us know. I believe he was a, a <laughs> super formula driver. Give us I a believe. call. Oh, okay. Well, Lexus always pulls in in some some fantastic driver. I mean, we got to see uh, uh, Sato drive at at CTMP last year in that car. So. Or the year before, and then sitting on was it Sa- was the, it Sato or was it Kobayashi? Yeah, it was Kobayashi. That was Kobayashi yeah, like stuff up. We're the kings of fake news here. This is the unofficial, <laughs> yeah. official NASCAR Canada <laughs> podcast. Um, well, emphasis on the unofficial. Uh, so AO Racing's Porsche 911 GT3 R, the 992 of um, Seb Prio, Michael Christensen. And of course, I clicked on the wrong guy and didn't get his name. Uh, oh man, you're just dropping uh, the wall. Now. I know. No, I'm just dropping the wall. I have to move past the Smith. Henrik, that's it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Oh, the AO racing, the 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 Rexy, the 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 Rexy. Yeah, the Rexy car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't line. What's his name? Linus. Uh, Warren, I don't see the first Warren, name on this, but Henrik is the Lauren last Heinrich. name. Heinrich, yeah. Heinrich, yeah, yeah, Lauren Heinrich. So quick, okay. So quick yeah, sidebar. So, and last year, go ahead. <laughs> no, just quick. So last year, the Porsches were so far behind when they released this new version of the GT3 race car. They were so far behind that they people were saying they need way more BOP, and they didn't get it. And they ended up, I think, doing okay in the race. And they come out and grab pole. So one year I think Porsche. They won, he might have, but I remember they came out last year and they were hurting. But uh, but yeah, now they've come out and actually won pole this year, so that's quite a qualifying turnaround for them. But yeah, yeah I just wanted to say that real quick. No, no, that's great. So then, that's going to be a great. Uh, that field is going to be a great race. It always is. It always comes down to the very end i mean multiple times i I mean look at corvette that iconic uh photo of them crossing the start finish line side by side to go one two in the race like how do you you it's 24 hours to go side by side and finish one two in a 24 hour race is just mind-boggling to me and and there's heavy hitters across the board in this field I, I mean, uh, everywhere I look, there's somebody that is incredible sitting in, in these GT cars. We have um, James Hinchcliffe. I almost called him Jonathan Hinchcliffe. I'm, you know, I'm so <laughs> into Canadian racing that that's what happens. So, yeah, like J, uh, James Hinchcliffe, Alexander Rossi. Uh, they're in a car together like that's they're in running a fast mclaren like that's crazy that's a crazy uh and with ollie jarvis and marco kirkhofer yes there's some (laughs) big names all through the through the field here a lot of canadians which is great to see um moving into lmp2 so uh, we have yeah. all Orecas and Alicia. 
And just like last year, we have the Tower Motorsports car with uh, Scott McLaughlin. Doesn't have, was it New Garden was in that last year with him? Um, starting mm. last due to an accident. But if you remember, that car was like they started last. They were involved in an accident early on. They stormed through the field. They got like eight other laps back. And then I think they crashed again or something. But that car is always fast. So that's going to be interesting to watch them come from the back of the pack. Uh, and then back there with them is that Liget, the Sean Creech Motorsports car with some with some stellar drivers, uh, Wild Barbosa and crew. Be interesting to see how they get going. Like they said that the car's handling fantastic for having no notes, not running since 21. Speed kind of says otherwise, but it's 24 hours. Like if nothing else, it's going to be a great test session to kind of figure out where they, they kind of stand for the rest of the year. Uh, what else kind of uh, grabs your attention there? Uh, we got Felipe Massa making his 24-hour debut for Riley Motorsports in an in a, in a Areca. Shocking. With uh, Gar Robinson, Felipe Fraga, and uh, Josh Burden. Like, I thought it was going to be something different, and it was just normal. Like, what is going on <laughs> with these guys? <laughs> Um, How about so real quick? That's pretty cool. So Dragon Speed, there was supposed to be yeah. a second Porsche GT car from one of the teams, but it ended up withdrawing because I think the driver got hurt or sponsorship to materialize. So they called up the Dragon Speed car last minute as a substitute, and they're middle middle of the pack for the LMP2 field with a pretty good you know, Eric Lux, uh, Keelan Simpson. Uh, Jay Allen and S. Alvarez. I'm not sure exactly who they are. Uh, Kiffin Simpson is kind of notable because he's running that, yeah. in, in uh, IndyCar. He'll be running the fifth Ganassi car. Fifth? Fourth? He was kind of a surprise to move up. He's from the Cayman Islands. I don't. I can't think of any other drivers from the Cayman Islands. That's, that's kind of cool, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does. He's very young. Really like lived in the Cayman Islands. I thought it was just Banks. Yeah, right. No, there's 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 people. There, there there's people there. Someone's got to run those banks, man. But but yeah, so that's, you know then Eric Lux, solid driver. So that's a solid lineup and you know to on no like real notice, you know, they got in there. So you know, Yeah, and let's let's um you you brought him up and actually let me it reminded me quickly of of we have 15 IndyCar drivers competing in the 24-hour um, in the GTD Pro and GT and the GTD Amp series. You have Rossi, like I said, Kyle Kirkwood, and uh, Roman Grosjean's driving in that series. And then in this LMP2 field, you have uh, just as many as guys running in the GTP field. You have, like you were just spe- talking about, uh, Kiffin Sinsom, uh Nolan Siegel. Uh, Felix Rosenquist, Christian Rasmussen, uh, Scott McLaughlin, and Pato Award are all driving LMP2 cars for the 24-hour. Yeah, it's it's quite the it's quite the lineup, and you know, it's kind of scrolling through the through the lineup here. So, how about we talk about the Iron Man in terms of sports car racing? They got a number change this year. He's gone to like the second car. He's actually driving for a night auto sport this season instead of 
TDS he drove for last year. I can't remember. Or no, it was PR1 Matheson. So Ben Keating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Can you I look at the... That's Cowboy. Yeah, the car dealership, you know, mag... And then, so you were bringing off air my, to my attention that he is driving both in uh, the top class LMP2. and in LMP2. Yeah. 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 How about that? This isn't That's... the first time he's done this either. He's done he's done no. this before, um, which is pretty remarkable. And he, he is a great driver. So he's a bronze-rated driver, which is considered an amateur driver. Uh, that means a driver that doesn't do this for a living. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're not good enough. That's just how they define it uh but he is he is as good if not better than some pros and and particularly in those lmp2 cars uh, he has been just outstanding and he's got a hell of a uh a team underneath him and a two drivers to back him up, Ben Hanley and Pato Award and United All of Sports USA is, is the team. And um, Pino and Pino. I don't know uh, what that first name is. Yeah, Matt, uh, I feel like I've, I've heard of him before. I think he drove an LMP three last year, but not, he's really young. I don't, uh, I don't remember a lot about him. Oh, yeah, he, I think he's there. like an up and coming driver. I mean, uh, I guess they're all paying I mean, either. Well, two of them aren't, but I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just so. Here's the thing with like LMP2. Like, so we got rid of LMP3, which was an absolute, you know, it was a show. You can add a it word in front of it. It didn't belong. It, it in didn't. There. It didn't. They they used it as a field filler, and I'm glad it's gone. It's. Where it is now in the like the pilot series and the VP challenge is perfect place for it. So yeah. glad they got that out. Now they've expanded the LMP2 field, which is good because you know they've they've made all these other regulations and like you know they cut it out of whack and yeah, you know, whatever going on with run them, right? Well, American and Asian, or I'm sorry, uh, European Le Mans and Asian Le Mans series, which of course that's only three races over the span of the winter. And there's apparently something called the prototype challenge, not to be confused with the IMSA prototype challenge that's going on in Europe. I saw something up on, I think it was motorsport.com about it. And I read about it and I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm reading. Cause I'd never even heard of this. And they were running, I think LMP twos and LMP threes. I'd have to look into that further, but it sounds like there's been a, a, a series that kind of wanted to scoop up some, LMP2 drivers and cars since WEC isn't running them, but but yeah, a lot of these teams have come to the U.S. and it's and I think it's cool. It you know it's a cool looking car. Yeah, it's all you know you have twelve of the same, and then you have one Liger. Be nice if they could get some of the other ones in there. You know, with the rules change, you know, coming down the the pipeline or whatever. But it, it's it's a solid like middle ground. It's a good. A lot of amateurs find their way into that series, and with the exception of a couple drivers who should not be competing in that. I'm not going to throw names out there. Sean Merriman. Uh, they, you know, it's very entertaining. Is it competitive? Mm. We, we've we seen on times it where... Can be. It can be incredibly yeah. competitive. 
and then you have the times where there's are. three. Then there's there's times where there's three car. There's ten cars in the in the class, and there's three on the lead lap after like the third hour. It's yeah, so, so hit and miss. Yeah. So I believe they've. This series is kind of weird because this car. This car got made and then got put into places where it was never designed to race and then it got made to fit and then like this what's kind of crazy about it is this oreka i'm pretty sure if it was just let loose it would be as quick or quicker than the gtp cars i i'm pretty sure i don't know that for a fact but i'm pretty sure it would it would compete for top oh it's held it's held back so much. Yeah, and and so this was a problem before in IMSA, and 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 all the manufacturers complained because it it happened at CTMP. I watched Colin Brown and Brown and um and um what was his name John Bennett win the race in an in the LMP2 car, and people and people were were not happy. Like the manufacturers weren't happy that these cars that were supposed to be all the same are here beating us. Like they're and they're spending right. nowhere near the money, right? So as the manufacturers, but let's move on to the top stuff because that's that's what people most people are interested in. And we had wheeling the wheeling Cadillac Racing uh, Cadillac V Series R taking pole position. Pippo Durrani. Uh, driving that with Jack Aiken and Tom Bloomquist. Uh, they set a time of 1 minute 32 seconds and 6.656.656 seconds with an average speed of 138 kilometers an hour. That's pretty fast. 138 kilometers an hour? That's fast? Average speed. Average, ah, that seems kind of low to me. Maybe that's not supposed to be kilometers. I don't know. I'm just. I, I think it. that's. I think. I think that's supposed to be miles an hour because 100 kilometers is 62 miles an hour. So I think. I think that's supposed to be miles an hour, average. Yeah, fair enough. So, anyways, they set a lap time of one minute thirty-two seconds, which is a blistering lap time, beating the mm-hmm. previous lap record by I think like almost a second, but beating last year's uh, pull time by like two seconds. Uh, coming up second here was the Cadillac of uh, Ganassi, Cadillac Racing, uh, Ranger van der Zander, Sebastian Bourdais, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow. Um, and then you had in third place, Penske Motorsport Porsche, Dan Cameron, Felipe Nasser, Matty Campbell, Joseph Newgarden. Penske has a lot to do to... Um, a lot of work this year, wouldn't you say, compared to last? They like to prove. Oh, sure. Okay, in terms of like improving, yeah, I think Porsche as a as a yes. brand in GTP because they had the head start and they have so many other cars running, so they have such a bigger pool of data that you would just expect them to kind of go out and like blow everyone's doors off. That's obviously not not what's happened. So. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, you got a full year under these cars, and you know, they've Porsche has more cars in WEC and in IMSA than you know anyone else, so they have the biggest pool of data. So, 
What are they going to do I with guess this? Really though, let's, I guess really they, they almost won the championship last year, and they should have. I mean, they lost. They got disqualified at Watkins Glen for the six hours because mm-hmm. of a wear plank mm-hmm. violation, which was – I actually spoke with um, Jeff Brown about it, who is Colin's dad. He is an engineer this year for AWA, a friend of the show. I've had him on a few times about that specifically. And ask, asking, like, does that, I think because it was like 0.1 of a, or 0.01 of a millimeter or something out. And I'm like, would that make a difference? And he said, no, it wouldn't. But a rule's a rule, and a line is a line, and you cross the line, you cross the line. And, and I understand that. But um, And they got beat out of another win last year, so it's just not very Penske-like. No, no, they, they, you know, they're usually good about staying right at the edge of the rules and things like that. And yeah, but I mean, hey, it's also very Penske-like to, you know, come into a new situation with a new car and be right there for the championship. So, you know, eh, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see what they what they can muster this year. But honestly, I would say they have to be the favorites, right? Like. Um, I don't want to say hands down. I don't want to say I don't want to say hands down. You know, honestly, now you have Andretti. To, yeah. So for me, when it comes to Daytona, I never, I never bet against Wayne Taylor. They just. Oh, I mean, I mean for the championship. I mean oh, for the for championship. Championship. Ooh. Yeah. It's going to be between Penske and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's going to be against one of the Cadillacs. Uh, the we- I feel like the wheel in Cadillac, but I think Sebastian Bourdais is is if he's is, I don't know if he's running the whole. Se- yeah, he must be. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's grumpy enough. I don't really like him. He's grumpy enough to just really <laughs> push his way around. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. Hard to bet against Action Express. Let's be fair. They've they've done really good. These last, you know, for years, they've been a really competitive team that with that wheeling car, you know, Penn or Ganassi, like they're there, but like, I don't know, there's just been something holding them back. It's, it's hard to say, like, and it's tough because it's not like we've got like 20 teams, you know, kind of thing. Like it's well, four or five teams. So like, it's all, you know, at the end of the day, it's only, it's a small pool. Well, people are still going to get left out. So your NASCAR dirt sheet, um, not NASCAR, uh, WAM's dirt sheets oh, yeah. or WAM's theory. Um, <laughs> maybe Action Express seems to get the head, the the up, like the 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 upper hand when it comes to maybe the Cadillac and the racing because Action and Action Express is actually was the original team owned by the France family that owned NASCAR and NASCAR like we all know owns IMSA so I wonder if they get a little it's hey, still hey, it's hey. it still is it still is owned yeah, by go. the France so family little, uh, I was not uh, I was not going to go there I, I was yeah, not going to go there but cuz I always think that kind of stuff so uh, it's going to be a good race. Let's just quickly. It's going to be. It's this weekend, January twenty seventh at one thirty. Check it out. It's going to be a great race. But we got some great Canadian stuff to get into. Damon or James. Yeah. You want to start well, getting into well, that? Yeah. 
Uh, just real quick before we jump into the big news that actually broke today on Thursday, uh, there was some other news that the big like media uh, person for NASCAN, uh, Caitlin Patrick, is going to be leaving her post and moving on to different uh, pastures. So she's been really awesome to work with for myself, working with an American uh, publishing company. She really helped you know, kind of get me started in NASCAN and you know, showed me like what to go, where to go, what to do, and you know, kept things in line. Her and Matt Manor were always a really good team. So I always enjoyed seeing her at the track. So it'll be a shame, you know, for her to, you know, to leave, but I'm sure whoever takes her place is going to do just an awesome job as well. And can't wait to see who that is. But that was just kind of for me, you know, as an American coming up to, you know, into a different country, a whole different, you know, place. It was nice to have some familiar faces and she was one of them. And yeah, and I think she'll be, she'll be missed, but you know, whoever will take her place, I'm sure we'll, we'll do a bang up job too. So well said, just wanted David. to get that out there. Well, we have another big announcement. I am starting at, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, speaking of, how about uh, Trayton? That's pretty cool. Going down to the Cars Tour down south. Yeah, Z-Max Cars Tour. They announced that cars. today with... Nice. Um, with... Uh, it's me rubbing shoulders with Dale Jr. Yeah, right? Uh, that team... I got it up here somewhere. It is the... Drum roll, everybody. All Ram Racing. With support from All Ram Racing. A Viram and Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. He and Chad Bryant Racing will compete full-time on the Z-Max Cars Tour late model stock circuit in the 2024 season. And, yeah, it's going to be real exciting to watch. I can't wait to find a way to get that up on the stream and and give that a watch. Yeah, he's going to be up against some some. Pretty Some good talent. drivers. <laughs> yeah. Not that I don't think he can compete. I'm right. really actually excited to see him compete here and and uh what he can do with with these drivers. He's gonna be going to tracks that he's never been to. He's racing a car he's never raced. Uh, racing against drivers that he's never raced against. Or some of them anyways. So Racing on a tire, I don't think he's ever raced on. <laughs> it'll be it'll be great to watch. Yeah. Hey, what a way to prove himself, right? Like he showed that he was a dominant force here and up in the NASCAN, and yeah. he'd done well. And and for that, and everyone had said that his brother, you know, had got had gotten a better opportunity. He could have been a dominant driver. So. Now he gets to prove it. Like he goes to, I don't really know how well the team is that he's going to. I'm sure it's a decent team, but these are some of the best drivers in, honestly, like some of these short track drivers are some of the best in America. So, well, this is where Josh Berry came from, right? This is Mm -hmm. where, where, um, where Dale Jr. plucked that gem from. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great drivers. They just don't get the media recognition or or whatever. So, you know, their parents will have the silver spoon that, you know, 
some of these other drivers have. So they kind of hit that, you know, that place there. So it's a great place for them to learn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy for him to see him down there. Well, that makes things interesting. Now, how about this? Kevin Lacroix with his new team. Let's let's pull this up quick because I, I didn't think we were, we were going to mention this now, now that we're talking about it. No, this no, is we, great. Should, should we just call uh, him up right now? News. Maybe is it a different time over there? So what's going on here is that he's going to be partners with Duro King Autosport for the 2024 season. And I think they have like a new team name. It's called like, um, I don't want to. I don't want to like mock innovation autosport team. So they'll they'll form he'll form that with Matthew Kingsbury, and he'll still be in the seventy four, and he'll still show those Napa colors, and we'll we'll definitely see uh, a cool collab going on there. And also, there is a teammate that they're talking about. And there are several drivers on the InsideTrackNews.com website that are rumored. And um, I thought guessing, it was rough. I'm guessing that he's for a couple races uh, oh, okay. in one of the cars. But it's been, I guess they have an inside source there at Inside Track. They quoted that rumors swirling. It could well, be it's a, Greg, a, of course. A high profile driver. It could be Alex Tagliani, Andrew Ranger, Alex Gannett. John Philippe Bergeron, Trayton Latsevich, which we know that's not it, but the uh, Thomas Netvo, <laughs> Jacques Villeneuve, uh, Kyle Steckley. Oh, I hope not. I, I Justin hope Arsenio. Not. like he would like he would sorry, ever. Sorry, sorry. I hope not to Jacques Villeneuve. That because you let's just make that clear. No offense, Jacques. I mean, complete offense. Please don't come race our soon. Yeah, we, we got, we don't want to, yeah, because I'd love to be able to find that out from Kevin, actually. Uh, hoping to hoping to maybe get a hold of him at some point and, and chat about that, because that's really cool. I'm happy for them, and that's that's going to be cool to see what potentially happens there, because whoever they get, there's going to be two guys there wanting to go for a championship. And uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens when uh, I would love to see Kevin win a championship. Yeah. This, wouldn't this be cool if that this is his way to do it? Kind of, uh, maybe this is how he had to do it. Maybe, and and he did cite, you know, he gave um, the fella he was with, Ron Thompson, Don Thompson, Don Thompson, Jill. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Gonna have to edit that. <laughs> so that uh, he gave him all the credit and for all the success that he's had in the last few years and. And there's no doubt that he, yeah. that they contributed a lot to his success and and um, but oh, with the new down the wrong tunnel with the new paths that they're going to be going down. Like I said, I can't wait to see that in 2024 for the NASCAR talk. I think that's about it so far. The last couple of weeks that's happened. Oh yeah, and there's a there's a old hauler up for sale from Scott Steckley up on Facebook Marketplace for an old Alex Tagliani hauler. It was an old wrap on it. So, you know, that doesn't maybe necessarily indicate anything potentially. But it's interesting to think that, hey, you know, there's a hauler out there, and if anyone wants to go buy a hauler that has 
a lot of money. He's probably live in that thing. <laughs> just, just, yeah, just or oh, yeah, and, or, yeah those sleepers. If you want to be a YouTuber or something, you want to go around <laughs> North America and. I would. America. Hell yeah, that'd be cool. I would keep the rap on it. <laughs> Is that our mobile studios? Did we just, oh, did we just figure that out? That'd be sick. If someone wants to give us $300,000 or, or, hey, Scott, you want to you wanna throw us a... Uh, See, if we had our Patreon going, people could have donated yeah. towards that. Someone's got to set that up. We gotta well, get somebody's got to go get their AZ license. Their CDL. <laughs> Doesn't Eggman have one? First, we gotta we gotta look into Eggman that. Eggman strike he strikes me as a CDL a CDL owner. guy. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. Oh, well, another shout out there to Eggman if we haven't already given one. Eggman not not with us this episode, and not, no, he hasn't passed. Like when not with us, he's still alive. I hope, but he he will be on the episode. <laughs> Hopefully next week we're gonna uh, get back, get the four of us back together, talk to y'all about the Rolly. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be a great weekend. The real one. Yeah, we, we did our Rolex on the iRacings, and we're going to be watching it. We did that all weekend. Last weekend, we were watching iRace. We're going to be watching the Rolex 24 in real life all weekend this weekend. And and uh, we invite everyone to follow us along. I, I, I might do a couple posts. I'm sure Wallace, hopefully he'll be all over it. And Damon here on social media at the WWOMS on Facebook. Love to be able to follow along with the 24 with y'all through there. And you can check out this episode and all of other episodes on demand on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And also on the FM on CFMH 107.3 local FM in St. John, New Brunswick and CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. And... If you have a phone, which a lot of people do, but if you don't, nothing wrong with that. I just got one. No shame. No shame in that. You can download the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. I might do that myself now that I just got a phone. So let's uh, let's uh, wrap this up here. Well, I am James Jordan. Mike Wallace. And Damon Sawyer, the American. We'll see. You. That's just the facts. We'll see you all around the bend. Adios. Peace.